Chapter 10 of Alice or the Wages of Sin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simona Russo. Alice or the Wages of Sin by Frederick Worden Pangborn. Chapter 10 Gathering of the Storm Clouds. Woe, woe, ill fated one! My last word this, this only, and no more forevermore hell hath no fury like a woman scorned the fall days were come and things had relapsed into their former routine the saddened household went about its customary rounds and none of its members ever mentioned the name of the one who had brought disgrace upon its honourable name the heart of the mother was sore but she bore her trouble in silent patience hoping for a day of forgiveness and the return of the prodigal mr dodger was in his daily doings the same as before but he was never jolly now as he had been at times in the past and he had become stern in his manner and unsocial some natures are thus affected by grief or wrong they never mellow under the hand of chastisement or the pain of sorrow but harden into silent austerity alice was not altogether unhappy for she felt that brighter days would come and was hopeful she knew that she was beloved and she trusted in the honour of this lover who for some reason could not tell his love albert behaved much as formerly but his fits of abstraction were often upon him he felt himself accursed and began to look upon his wife as upon one who had no right to stand between him and his desires he had pitied her at first now he hated her she had become his enemy and he sometimes found himself wishing that she would die and set him free the wish was wicked but it was a desire of nature and uncontrollable one evening he received a note it was from cora with mingled thoughts he opened it it was a request that he would call on her just once and she assured him that after that she would never trouble him again you surely will not refuse a dying woman's request the note said it contained an address in a miserable locality and thither he went that night feeling a sort of pity for the woman now that she was nearing her end and could not be a clog upon his freedom much longer thus do we often forgive those who can no longer injure us he found her in a wretched room in her bed with a paler of final sickness upon her face he entered and stood beside her couch waiting for her to speak she gazed at him long and earnestly you do not hate me now albert do you she said hate you no cora i hope that i have never done that you wronged me once but that is past now you asked me to love you again but i could not it was not my fault i could not but you will forgive me albert i know you will if you knew how i have yearned for you all these long years repenting the rash deed which i did not do yet having thought to do it must bear its penalty in full you would be full of pity for me you would love me a little only just a little perhaps but you could not help loving me i have suffered all that i can suffer for my sin i have lost your love sometimes i have thought my punishment too severe unjust even but god knows best about that it is enough for me to know that i have lost your love and that i have no hope in life i did think albert that i might by true penitence win you back i thought that these weary years of silence and honest remorse might awaken your love again and give you back to me when i met you that night by the water 
i had hope and i saw that you believed my story but i did not know then i know it now you could not love me because you had learned to love another and my coming was like a death blow to your hopes do not look at me so i will not upbraid you dear she is perhaps better than i but oh albert she can never love you more dearly than i do now sinful weak penitent and dying but albert she that woman please talk of something else the words were cold and cutting and the woman shuddered albert dear she continued after a pause you must hear me this time because it will be the last and because it is for your good that i wish to speak to you oh do not refuse to hear me now or you may regret it all your life albert tell me truly have i guessed right do you love this alice better than my own immortal soul he murmured scarcely knowing what he answered i knew it albert my instinct guided me all right you love alice she is good and noble but oh my husband when i am dead and gone you must not wed that woman peace woman the words came sternly and coldly peace i say i cannot obey you she cried rising in her couch her face flushing with a fever redness i cannot hold my peace albert by the love you once bore me by the love i bear you now i implore you a dying woman implores you albert not to love that woman she must never be your wife she cannot she shall not i tell you to hold your peace he cried such as you shall not name her to me oh husband she cried springing from the couch and throwing herself at his feet her rich dark hair flowing about her oh my husband hear me hear me this must not be albert never could i rest in my grave if such a thing were to come on you i love you albert love you better than you know and you must not love her she seize a cursed woman i will not listen to you oh husband curse me not i love you so i have much to tell yet and if you will but hear me you will cover my poor head with blessings not curses for the love i give you when i might have been revenge for curse unjust this alice whom you love is not will you obey me or shall i leave you here fleeing from the sound of your polluting voice hear me albert i will be brief you cannot wed this woman whom you love i will not allow it i your wife forbid it she with an oath he flung her from him and fled she lay unconscious on the floor a long time and then crawling feebly to her bed lay down and thought and as she thought her love cherished so long began to grow cold and turn to hate this man whom she had loved all the long years for whom she had suffered so much whom she was willing to renounce forever and to whom she had been ready to do a great service this man had spurned her had rejected the sacrifice which she was about to make this man had scorned her had cursed her and she now began to hate him and as the hatred grew its force came ever in increasing volumes of anathemas until she hated him with a dangerous and vengeful hatred which had she been able to act would have boded him no good but she was sick and dying while he was well and prosperous she hated him now for that she hated him for everything that was of him or near to him and thus she lay in her lonely bed hating the husband whom she had loved so much during those ten long years when albert ashamed of his brutality and sorry for his rashness returned next morning to ask a more amicable farewell from the woman who was after all his dying wife he found that cora was gone no one about the place had seen her go out 
and he could get no information of her whereabouts he had come too late like many another penitent of this earth he had come too late to save himself he did not know it but he felt unhappy that he had parted thus in anger from the woman who had been true to him so many years and whom he did pity although he could not love her after this event it is not strange that the announcement of the finding of a woman's body in the river that night attracted his attention and that he went to the house of the unknown dead as soon as possible to see this drowned woman whom no one knew there she lay on the cold marble slab what remained of a self-destroyed woman driven to her doom by that most remorseless of all foes circumstances a foe against whom woman is less able to do battle than a man her garments were shabby but the form which they covered was shapely and would well have displayed the best of raiment and the face albert felt a chill as he raised the cloth which hid it a fair sweet face a calm peaceful face now whatever it may have been in life expression oval and clear of skin and enshrouded in a wealth of rich dark hair it was a beautiful face and albert almost loved it again now that it was his no more yes it was cora beyond a doubt he told the attendant that he could give him no information about the dead how could he bear his life to the cold public gaze and what good would it do if he should do so he had met her he said but could tell nothing of her history excepting that she had seemed friendless but he would bear the expense of her burial of her death he knew nothing this much he told and no more as he walked homeward, all the past came back to him, from the day when in his mad infatuation he had taken that fair woman to his heart, to this day when he had found her dead in the morgue. He felt sorry that their final meeting had been such as it was, that they had parted in anger. A kindly parting would have been better, but it was over, and he was free. Free! He felt that he must scream that word aloud in the street free free to walk abroad with no secret in his heart free to do as he pleased with his affections free to woo alice in honour free to marry her he hurried along and ringing the bell of mr dodger's house called for alice soon she came to him and there in the quiet of the old house he told her of his past of cora of her return to life of his love for herself of his unhappy parting with the wife who was a clock to his life of her death all oh, hold he did not tell her of cora's mention of herself perhaps he could not he attributed it to mere jealousy at the most all oh, all but that and alice heard him she said no word to interrupt the tale but at its close she placed her hand in his and raised her trusting face up to be kissed no proposal of marriage had been made but they knew and were happy ah race of mortal men how is a thing of naught i count ye thou ye live for who is there of men that more of blessing knows than just a little while to seem to prosper well and having seemed to fall End of chapter ten